Hey there, and welcome to episode number 50 of the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Ann, and I'm a board-certified pharmacist and health coach specializing in treating thyroid, cholesterol, and gut conditions without medications. You can learn more and book a free 15-minute consultation with me at drann.com, spelled A-N-H as in healthy. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I'm slowly but surely getting settled in New Jersey, and most of the 30 boxes of things I shipped to myself have arrived, and I just didn't realize how much stuff I actually had, and I got rid of most of it, but I just couldn't part with these last items, and they're mostly books and um, seminar trainings that are going to be useful for me, so I I had to ship them to to make sure that I receive them because they just couldn't fit in the car. I also spent the weekend hanging out with some of my girlfriends from college, and one of the reasons that I am back in New Jersey is two of my friends from college are getting married, one in November and the other at the beginning of December, and after that, I have plans to go overseas and um, travel for a while, but also to learn Eastern medicine. So this is the reason why I've opened up my schedule for some functional medicine consultations, because between now and the first week of December, um, I will have some free time, I'll be in the States, and And then after that, I will have a little bit more of a crazy schedule that's a little bit more unpredictable because I'll be traveling and lots of time zone changes. So if you're interested in working with me to help find and fix the root cause of your chronic health challenges, make sure you hop on the email list at drann.com, spelled A-N-H as in healthy, because I will be emailing out a link shortly where you can book yourself directly on my schedule to work with me. And the spots are first come, first served. Um, and first dibs go to the people who are on the email list at drann.com. And we can even have a conversation. If you're not sure that we're a good fit, before we commit, we can have a short 15-minute conversation to see if we could work together before you decide. So um, you can hop on the email list at drann.com and you'll be getting the link both to schedule a free 15-minute consult or if you already know you want to work with me to schedule something directly on my schedule. Before we get to the episode, I want to let you know that the opinions expressed on this show may not represent my opinions, and the show is for general information only and as a substitute for medical care. So, as always, prior to beginning any new health program, I recommend that you consult with a qualified health professional. In today's episode, I chat with Dr. Sam Shea, who was supposed to be the third-generation medical doctor in his his family, yet he opted for holistic medicine after Western medicine failed to properly identify and treat the root causes of his childhood health problems. Since the age of six, Sam struggled with a whole host of chronic health issues, most easily categorized as severe adrenal fatigue, including severe insomnia, digestion problems, severe fatigue, inability to cope with stress, sugar cravings, salt cravings, low moods, and he required coffee each morning, even at the young age of six years old. He coped with his health issues and stress by developing an addiction to sugar and to video games. So he was determined to get his his life in order and get back on track without pharmaceutical drugs. So Dr. Shea decided at age 18 to devote his life to natural medicine. He went on to earn his doctorate in chiropractic, a diplomate in chiropractic neurology, 
a fellowship in functional neurology, and a diploma in acupuncture. He now sees patients in his New Zealand clinic and coaches clients worldwide via Skype to help them with adrenal fatigue and other stress hormone imbalances like chronic fatigue, insomnia, digestion problems, and thyroid issues. Now, in today's show with Sam, we talk about how chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, insomnia, and depression are all connected, the cellular basis for adrenal fatigue, the root cause of chronic fatigue and how it manifests in different people, the single biggest needle mover for people with chronic fatigue, why you shouldn't sleep with your cell phone, and much more. All right, let's go chat with Sam. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Food as Medicine show. And today I'm very excited to have Dr. Sam Shea uh, on the show, and he is an expert in adrenal fatigue. And this is something that we've had so many requests about, and I'm really looking forward to having him share his expertise. He's got some really practical tips um, and a lot of great information, so I'm really excited to dive right in. Welcome, Dr. Shea, to the show. Thanks so much. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. So, you know, we met in California and you're actually from New Zealand, which I thought was awesome that you flew all that way just to come to this health conference. Um, and I was just really excited to see that you have a really um, robust program for helping people overcome their health challenges. But, you know, for the people who don't know who you are, can you share with us your background and how you got to where you're where you are today with helping people in your clinic? Sure. Uh, just to clarify, I, I, I live in New Zealand. I've been here for over five years, but I'm not actually from New Zealand. Uh, originally, I was born in uh, Massachusetts in New England. Oh. And yeah, I was, I was born actually into a medical family. I was supposed to be the third generation medical doctor. Um, my grandfather was uh, Dr. Harry Shea, who was a very famous gastroenterologist in Philadelphia. He was actually the founding director of the Fells Cancer Research Center at Temple University, which is still there to this day. And my grandfather, uh, my um, father, um, both my mother and father are, are MDs. My father's also um, a PhD and has uh, written two books on PTSD. And, you know, I was supposed to be the third generation, but what happened was that Western medicine wasn't uh, working for me with my health challenges growing up. So I went the uh, quote unquote alternative route. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that word alternative. Uh, I see it more as a, a natural original route mm. uh, to helping a myself get better, which is a very typical journey for most people in the health profession is that they, there's, e I mean, there's even like archetypes. I think it's called Charon, the archetype where the wounded healer, where in some point in life, there's a tremendous health challenge. And for me, it began at age six, basically with my parents' very, um, very ugly divorce. Uh, it was so bad. In fact, one of my sisters ended up in the hospital with a bleeding stomach um, stress ulcer. And I developed a terrible, terrible insomnia, um, all three phases, uh, couldn't stay, couldn't get to sleep, couldn't stay asleep, woke up exhausted. Uh, and coped with sugar addictions and mostly video game addictions and TV and uh, digestive problems, just all, just everything that I didn't really have a good name for until about, you know, a year ago uh, called adrenal fatigue. And it basically, when I review back on the, from age six forward, um, I had severe adrenal fatigue, especially for the first 12 years after my parents' divorce. And 
you know, like many people who enter the, the natural healing profession, you know, what, what we go through in our own journey, uh, really, uh, we as just naturally want to share that with others so they don't have to suffer in the same way that we did, you know, as, as, you know, it's like, well, if, if we can, you know, shorten your learning curve and spare you the, the time and the expense and the headache and the energy and the travel and, you know, the rattling bag of supplements and all, <laughs> it's, it, it just makes, it just makes sense. And to, to, to just try to help others so they don't have to suffer as, as you did or as I did. I tried a whole bunch of stuff and that's the, the narrative I'm going to share with you is actually a very common narrative. Like I tried, I suffered from this, whatever. Then I tried this, 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 and this, and all of those didn't work. <laughs> and then I found the one thing and that's the one thing. And Oh, by the way, they in quote, whoever they are, don't want you to know about the one thing, you know, and, this is the real way and everything else. If that worked for you, you're lucky or is placebo or whatever. And what I found in trying to search for magic bullets like that, and I've come across a lot and I've met a lot of very genuine, honest, sincere people who say, no, it's this nutrient. No, it's this meditation. No, it's this exercise. No, it's this diet plan. You know, no, it's this sleep thing. No, it's this gadget. No, it's this whatever. All of these magic bullet miracles um, they work for certain people and fail miserably for others. And they failed, they or temporarily work, but then something doesn't, doesn't sustain. And that was my experience for of two decades or so. And it baffled me as to why, why for myself and also witnessing others were all of these quote miracle things not working sustainably and what i realized was that when i you know when i started working with patients um my my typical patient um was uh still is a female aged 35 to late 50s that has that combination of chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, insomnia, and depression. And then maybe tacked on blood sugar issues, truncal obesity, you know, obesity, obesity around the belly, um, endometriosis, uh, painful periods, um, hormonal swings every month, emotional swings, just maybe even autoimmune disease or two. And what I found was that there were 10 main categories of health that because of my extensive intake and history taking with my patients, there were 10 major categories and 100% with absolutely no exceptions to date, 100% of all my chronically ill patients had a minimum of seven out of 10 of these categories or these points of wellness off point, either chronically or there was an acute insult or both. And that explained why all of these patients and myself in my own journey were quote failures in the medical system as well as much of the quote alternative medical system. 
because if you've got a minimum of seven out of 10 things off point and you try one magic bullet nutrient and that may, emphasis on may, may help you with one of your issue, seven issues, seven plus issues, you're going to get temporary, unpredictable or marginal results or none. While for someone else where they've only got one or two things off on their 10 points and they find this one thing and suddenly like 50% of all the main issues that were contributing to their health problems are gone. They feel fantastic. And that's why it works for them, but it doesn't work for me or the other person that's chronically ill. So what happens is that these poor women, and I, this is talking about myself as well. Like I would go from one protocol, one product or one personality clin you know, clinician to another with tremendous amount of hope because I keep on seeing other people have these results. I keep hearing about them. And then I go and I spend the money. I take the time. I, I put in the energy and it just kind of doesn't work. And it, it's the same story. And the reason why is that many clinicians, um, especially today with there's a lot of emphasis on niching into your specific specialty, they're really good at about one to three of these 10 points. Very few are really good at understanding, articulating, teaching, and treating all 10 at the same time in a way that's not overwhelming and practical and winnable for patients. So what I've dedicated my clinical life to is to help people understand that when dealing with chronic issues, like, like adrenal, like adrenal fatigue is a wonderful umbrella. I mean, because it really captures the majority of what a lot of people are struggling with. Uh, when you're treating adrenal fatigue, you have to be able to think and teach your patients uh, and the public a, a usable model that they can learn and self-educate on themselves. And, and begin to, to become self-learners and see through the lens that, okay, I've got, I'm doing well in this category, in this category, but, you know, these other ones I need help with. And to show that, that health is not finding a magic bullet. Health is consistently applying the principles of natural healing to all 10 categories all at the same time consistently for a period of time. And to do and to start with the easy low hanging fruit like like the tagline on on my website is how to macgyver your health you know it, it's how to macgyver it's, it's like who was macgyver he was the 80s guy with the funky haircut you know who could fix an engine with a cracked egg you know uh, by the way that was actually a real episode where he the hot engine he sealed the radiator leak by cracking an egg over it but you know, using really low-tech solutions with a super high payoff, as opposed to giving someone a generic list of 300 health tips, or giving them the new or having them come in with these massive New Year's resolution syndromes, where they're going to have accomplished these huge goals in January, and then come February, none of them have happened, and they end up with less self-esteem than the year before. 
that okay yeah. you you've covered a lot <laughs> i just wanted yeah. to kind of maybe unpack everything that you said because sure, sure. you've answered a lot of the questions that i was going to ask while you were talking and a couple of things i wanted to point out was one um the reason it didn't like one size fits all type of solutions didn't work for you was that you didn't just have one one problem necessarily. You had a lot of things going on and that's what a lot of people deal with is they have, they have different layers of problems going on. So addressing just one thing doesn't fix it. So knowing that there's multiple factors and, and addressing all of those factors simultaneously is one of the key things um, in, your, in your clinic and your program. And the other thing was, um, it was the baby steps, right? Because, you know, while you, um, there's so many different factors that you can implement and, and um, you know, make a change towards there, you focus on, you know, I call them the small hinges that swing big doors, you call them the mm -hmm. MacGyver effects, whatever it is that you call it, it's basically just those little things that are going to give you a big bang for your buck. Um, so then you're making progress on all these areas. So I think those are the, the different things I wanted to point out for people, because I think that that's what makes programs succeed is that they're multifactorial, they're individualized, but then they also give you um, success fairly quickly so then you you feel like you can keep on going yeah uh, absolutely uh, i think the, the the many people myself included have have really suffered tremendously in their health journey because they've put a lot of hope into one product or one personality or one protocol that deals with only one to three of the 10 categories and then what happens is that a lot of these women uh, myself included, not only but you're go not broke. A I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, 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 I am touching my feminine side. I, I was I was raised predominantly by a single mom and three older sisters. So there you go. Uh, uh, what happened was, and I'll tell you why it's mostly women. You know, is because, uh, and and this is something that's really fascinating. Is that why why is it mostly women that get the fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue? Uh, hormone issues, etc. Why is it they get the chronic disease? Well, well, men generally, not always, generally don't. And that actually comes down to uh, brain imbalance. And that's one of the 10 points of wellness, which is brain. And that brain is not just the balance of the brain, because you can have left side and right side. And I know for, for those of you listening who have a neuroscience background, you're probably cringing at me oversimplifying the brain into left side versus right side. I get it. I, I have I have a two I have a, I have a background in neurology. It, it's way more complicated than left and right. But clinically, practically, it does show up in the clinic as mostly right brain versus left brain with a lot of nuance in between. But for our listeners, generally more women are right brained than left brain, and that's not sexism. That's that's neurochemistry there's more estrogen receptors on the right side of the brain than on the left. Meaning that if you have more estrogen in your body, your right brain gets activated more because there's more uh, light switches for the estrogen to turn on. So it's, it's not sexism, it's just simply neurochemistry. And uh, simply, in quotation marks, neurochemistry. And this reverse is true for, for men, you know, like they've got more testosterone receptors on the left side of the brain, so they have more testosterone in their, in their blood, their left side's gonna be activated more. Now, left side is action, right side is thinking. So this is why the joke is men act and don't think, and women think and don't act. Now, again, this is all in good humor, um, but there's some truisms there, is that men, you know, men can die quick, violent deaths. Like, 
you know, stupidity. Like, hey, watch this. You know, there's not many women on the show, Jackass. Uh, th that's all action and no thinking. They also can die from violence, which is action and not thinking. Uh, they can also die. From, now, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about violence between men who are violent with each other. I'm not talking about the the, the tragic cases of domestic situations, um, which definitely is a real issue uh, here in New Zealand. I'm sorry to bust some people's bubbles, but New Zealand is has definitely its own set of problems. Like any country, it has its unique set of wonderful things to it and it's a unique set of problems um, and domestic violence is definitely one of those problems um men also get into trouble with accidents uh so who gets add is it boys or girls Typically predominantly boys, boys. Mm -hmm. it's mostly boys that's just not thinking they're just doing also men die mostly from the heart attacks why because the left brain um controls the rhythm of the heart so when the left brain gets overactive, you can get an arrhythmia and it's very difficult to survive a strong arrhythmia, but the right side controls the tempo. So you can have a fast heartbeat as long as the tempo is fine. That's why most women get tachycardia, which is fast heartbeat, which again, cardiologists will nuance it. Well, that's a form of arrhythmia. Yeah, but there's a very difference, big difference between just having a fast heartbeat, but the good tempo, but a good rhythm and having a rhythm that's all over the place. Mm -hmm. So that's why you see men die from accident, stupidity, violence, and heart attacks. But the women, they get the chronic slow deaths and decays from all these chronic diseases because on the right side of the brain, you have more connections to the stress response system. There's a stronger connection to the fight or flight system on the right side of the brain than there is on the left. Now, that's very significant because that means women are more prone to chronic anxiety and chronic stress. And when you're under a chronic stress, guess what gland gets worn out faster? The adrenal glands. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's the neurological basis as to why women predominantly get the adrenal fatigue, the chronic fatigue, the fibromyalgia, etc. So now to go even a bit deeper as to why is it because a lot of a lot of people, again, myself included, and most of the female patients, mostly female patients that I see with these issues, like why all of these things that people don't believe me that I have? And the tragedy is, is eventually if it goes on long enough, these, these people end up um, broke. They end up losing their friends, their family, their doctors, because people start not believing them and thinking it's all in their head or they just want attention or, or whatever. And they become isolated and just end up on antidepressants because that's the only thing left that any they just say go see your shrink to get some antidepressants. And knowledge is power. And so the, the most empowering thing I can do is to give knowledge back to a patient as to why what's going on is going on. So when you're under chronic stress, what happens is the body is wired to put you into a survival response. The body is wired to survive a tiger attack, which means that your adrenals spit out a hormone called cortisol and it changes a bunch of things. It, it depresses your immune system because a white blood cell is not gonna fend off a tiger gnawing on your leg. If your uh, cortisol increases your blood sugar because you need sugar in the blood to push it into the muscles to run or fight for your life. You need uh, to shut down your digestion because you're not interested in digesting your lunch 
if you're running away from a tiger, you're just not being digested as lunch by the tiger. Uh, it shuts down inflammation because if a tiger swipes at your leg, you don't want it blimping up in inflammation. You can't run anymore. You know, it shuts down your ability to concentrate because you're interested in looking for short-term attention, short-term awareness, alertness, looking for danger. So it's hard to concentrate. This is the, the fibro fog that people talk about, the fibromyalgia fog. So you also need quick energy fast. You, you need energy, not efficient, but fast. So in the cell, if you're under stress, your body will take fuel, sugar, out of the blood and burn it really quickly. Okay, that's for the for the geeks out there. That's called um, uh, glycolysis. You know, glyco meaning sugar, lysis meaning splitting sugar, or anaerobic glycolysis meaning you're not using oxygen. Versus sh putting that same fuel into what's called the mitochondria, which is the really efficient uh, electric factory of the cell. Now, this process here to get energy, burn it really quickly is a hundred times faster than shuttling the oxygen and the sugar into the factory. The factory spits out 36 units of energy and in the liver it's 38, but everywhere else it's 36. In the fast way, that's a hundred times faster. You only get two units of energy. In the factory, you get no smoke, lactic acid. The fast way, when you burn it 100 times faster, getting only two units of energy, you get two units of smoke, lactic acid. It's that same molecule that burns when you exercise too much. So what happens? So what is fibromyalgia? Okay, fibromyalgia, which is, I think, of an advanced form of adrenal fatigue. Fibromyalgia is when you have constant lactic acid in all your muscles all the time for a period of time. So if your muscles are all burning sugar quickly all the time because you're under constant stress, you're going to have chronic burning muscles all the time and they call it fibromyalgia. Now, you're not only going to have, because of all the lactic acid buildup, now you're also going to have low energy because instead of getting 36 units of energy from the same amount of fuel, you're getting two. So if you're operating on, you know, 36 divided by two is 18. If you're operating on 1 18th the amount of energy, you're going to be tired all the time, and that's called chronic fatigue. Now, why would these same women and myself have uh, signs of depression? Because when you burn sugar quickly in that fast way to get the two units of energy and the two units of smoke, you burn up all your B vitamins. And when you burn up all your B vitamins, you can't convert tryptophan into serotonin, which is your body's feel-good chemical. Now, there's also insomnia because you, same B, you need B vitamins to convert serotonin into melatonin. And so that's why you see fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, depression, and insomnia all in the same, and all in the same person. And it's treated in, in normal you know, practices, Western practices, they're treated as four separate things. They're not four separate things. They're the same thing, just expressed in four separate ways. And you can see why some people say, no, B vitamins really help. Yeah, they help if you understand that pathway, but it's not dealing with the root of what, I, what is actually going on. So that's, I wanted to share that with everyone because if they understand that all of these things happening at the same time, 
they're not separate things. You like, like digestive issues. A lot of people come with digestive issues. If you're under a chronic stress, blood will leave your internal organs to go to the muscles of the arms and legs to run or fight for your life. And then organs need a lot of blood to turn over. So over time, your digestive system will begin to break down, getting signs of irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, diarrhea, um, ulcers, uh, all, sort, all sorts of digestive complaints, gas, that, that a lot of people, sensitivities, allergies, leaky gut, uh, all of these things can be traced back to a chronic stress response in the body. Uh, and even uh, hormone issues. Um, when people are under chronic stress, the body has a choice between making stress hormones or sex hormones. Um, and again, for the Scrabble enthusiasts, it's called the pregnenolone shunt. <laughs> you know, that's pregnenolone is the precursor, the, the common ancestor between sex hormones and sex and stress hormones. And the body makes only one or the other at any given time. So if you're under chronic stress, the body's priority is always survival. The body will as the body will always prioritize survival over aesthetics and comfort. Sorry, it's that's just reality. It will always prioritize survival over aesthetics and comfort. And so if you if you interpret that you're under stress, you will make stress hormones. And then the issue is that the adrenal glands make 40% of your sex hormones. So when menopause hits and the ovaries shut down, now it's really only the adrenal glands that are left to make female sex hormones. And if the adrenal glands are so worn out from so many years and decades of being, you know, super mom, or uh, what, whatever, there's, there's so many demands now placed on modern women. Um, the adrenal glands are already worn out. Now the ovaries are shut down. Now you're asking the adrenals to do even more work to try to make up for the lost sex hormones. And then you get these signs of menopause. So that's like the adrenal fatigue menopause connection. So I, I hope that clarifies kind of a broad sweep of a multitude of health issues that are seemingly separate from each other. And, and I want to emphasize that, you know, saying when the body, when you're stressed, I'm not just talking about mental stress. There's, there's 10 categories of stress that I'm trying to educate people on, but just understand people broadly, even you can shrink it down to there's, there's chemical, biochemical stress, physical stress, and mental, emotional stress. And all the subcategories therein of that. But like when the body is under a chronic assault from so many sources of stress, you're going to get this chronic breakdown. Great. So basically, all roads lead to stress. That is the root cause of all of these conditions that you've beautifully painted for us. But the stress is manifested in different ways, which is covered in your framework that you briefly alluded to. Is that right? Yeah, this, that's where epigenetics comes in, is that people think, well, I, got, I only have this. Why do they have that? Clearly, it's not the same disease. No, no. Uh, the genetic chain, if you the genetic chain, it's a really, if you take a chain, any chain, and you pull it, yank hard enough and fast enough or, or long enough, which link is going to break? Mm -hmm. Wh which link? Um, which the link weakest. is going to break? Yeah, the, weakest the weakest link, link. is going to break. Mm -hmm. That's epigenetic. So mm -hmm. this person, you have two people, exact same set of stressors. This person's going to get fibromyalgia. This person's going to get chronic fatigue. 
and this unlucky person here is going to get both, and this person still is going to get uh, endometriosis, or this person over here is going to get irritable bowel syndrome, or this person is going to get leaky gut. You know, that's that's why you can explain a multitude of separate diseases through one mechanism, and it's epigenetics is the, you know, whatever is the weakest link in your chain, that's what's going to be expressed. You know, and what I love is that epigenetics can be influenced by what we eat and how we live and how we think. So um, you kind of covered a lot of information. So let's kind of make it, I guess, step back and then keep it simple where now how do we practically approach all these different conditions that seem or now that you've painted the picture that are connected, how do we, you know, what's the first step that we can take to make the biggest impact on the symptoms that we're feeling of fatigue, uh, muscle pain, depression, mm -hmm. difficulty sleeping, et cetera? So the first thing is to understand what is to understand the framework of what can go wrong. Cause everyone listening is individual. And um, what I can do is I can go over each of the 10 points and give some detail, but give a bit more depth into one that people can walk away with and, and do something. So mm -hmm. what I'll do for people watching on the um, on Google Hangouts, uh, what I can do is I can actually bring up the uh, the the image, and but I'll still exp I'll still be explaining what I'm doing. Uh, for can you see that? Yep. And then we'll make okay. sure we link it up in the show notes as well, so people can refer back to it. Sure. So what, what we're looking at here, this is called the 10 points of wellness. Now, um, in the middle is brain. So basically, it's like a wheel. So you've got brain in the center, and then you've got nine slices around the outside of it. So brain is in the center. And what brain stands for is that brain imbalance that uh, we talked about before. Then uh, it also stands for the hormone system because the hormone system starts in the brain. There's it's called the HPA axis, which you know hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal axis, mm -hmm. which is basically the, the again more Scrabble words for the, our listeners of what um, the the hormone system. And so your hormone system is 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 a result of your perceptions and and kind of the hypothalamus is the boardroom in the center of the brain that uh, makes the decisions about do we have a stress response or not and what the boardroom is receiving is information from physical information biochemical information and mental emotional information so to help with the brain there's knowing what's your brain balance, you left brain or right brain. And if you've got chronic issues, it's usually your chronic right brain. So things that could help with uh, increasing the left brain of someone would be doing boring mathematics, uh, would be uh, putting a pleasant smelling aromatherapy uh, underneath um, the left nostril because the nostril goes on the up to the same side. So pleasant smelling means what smells good to you. Now, uh, be, be careful with aromatherapies because it has to be a clean oil, not something that's just toxic and generic. It has to be clean, organic, and it has to be cut. Something hypoallergenic. Um, you know, people may have reactions to almond oil. 
or they can they got to find a carrier oil that's non-toxic because some some essentials are very caustic and can burn on you don't put it in your left nose you just put it on your upper lip underneath your left nose and it'll preferentially stimulate the left side of the brain as one example you can turn your car stereo uh the 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 sound over to the right side the the balance because sound coming into the right side will go to the left side of the brain so little MacGyver things like that, where you can just be driving and listening to stuff on the right side, and it'll go in and help feed your left brain. The second point, uh, now, the, the temp, that's the first point of wellness. And so then we're going to go to the second point, which is bowel. And yes, that is a pun that the second point is bowel, like number two. Because it's, uh, it, and I, I talk about bowel here, and a lot of people can be uncomfortable talking about, you know, poos and, and, and going to the toilet and things like that. But really, if you don't, if you don't clean out all the toxins from your body, you're going to become autotoxic. It's going to just leach back in. So would you stay, would you stay in a house when it, with that had toilets that couldn't flush? No way. Mm -mm. No, as, no one would, but people think it's quote normal to only have um, one bowel uh, movement a week, one bowel movement a day or one bowel <laughs> movement every other day or whatever. But yep. really what normal is, so just uh, what normal is for, uh, according to anthropology is two to three bowel movements a day, basically one for every meal. And that has to do with the reflexes of the stomach going triggering the colon to push thing out, to, to push stuff out, to make room for more. So what can people do to improve their bowel motions? So there's, um, I actually have some videos and an a video and an article on my website, which, which explains how you can um, use what's called the oculocardiac reflex. Again, another fancy scrabble word, but oculo means eye, cardiac means heart, the eye heart reflex, where you gently, I'll just turn off screen sharing here for a minute. Um, basically, you take the palm of your hand and you gently press, cup it over your eye. You don't press so hard you feel pain or see lights. You gently press over the eye. And this is a, a neuro, neurological reflex. Neurologists do this in their, in their testing. You know, this actually should slow the heart by about you know, 10 beats a minute or so. And what you're doing is you're triggering the vagus nerve, which is the nerve that helps you digest food. And you actually move your bowels. So you can actually sit and just gently cup over your eyes to help move your bowels. And the, the real key about bowel care is to prioritize it. That's the real thing. And you see a dog, they scratch at the door when they got to go. You don't, they don't wait for, you know, the meeting to be over. They don't wait to check their email. They don't do this last errand. They're at the door scratching. Uh, so dogs are more clued in than we are about how important this is. The question about point. stimulating sure. the vagus nerve. Are you covering one eye at a time, both eyes alternating? How does that work? Um, basically I would do two at the same time if you can, mm -hmm. uh, but you can alternate if you want. And again, it's not, it's not heavy pressure. It's just gentle pressure. And it's, it's an, it's a reflex from the womb where, uh, the baby's brain is not developed to art, to frontal, to slow down the heart on its own. So this reflex is there that the amniotic fluid pushes against the eye of the baby to slow the heart through this reflex. So mm -hmm. that's where it comes from. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
there's a lot of little things that can be done to help with the bell, but that's the simplest, most MacGyverish thing you can do outside of getting a small cardboard box that I mean, you can get, you know, fancy expensive things you put on your toilet to raise your legs up to mimic squatting. But all you need is a box, a cardboard box you flip upside down or you go to any camping store and get a three-legged fold-up little stool and you put it right up to the rim of your toilet and prop your feet up on top of it. So you're mimicking a squat position, which then repositions your intestines to make it one circular tube to let things exit, as opposed to when you're standing up, there's kind of corners that uh, stuff has to bank around, which is what you're mimicking if you're just sitting straight up and down on the toilet. So it, it's very, you know, bowel is a very serious topic. And uh, I, I would encourage people to take it very seriously. Um, the third point. The third point of wellness is called body and Sam, body. Yeah. I wanted to just uh, jump in real quick. I know you've got a lot of those points sure. and um, I, you know, I, I don't know if we'll have time to cover them all. So maybe sure. as you go through, think about the ones that you think will make the biggest impact for people and just touch those. Um, so we have about maybe 10, 15 minutes left. Okay. No problem. So what okay. I'll do is that uh, the th uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention all of them and then focus on the one or two people can walk away with right now. Mm -hmm. So the third one is body. Body stands for everything physical, the spine, you know, how well is your spine moving because the spine coordinates information from your brain to your organs and all the other tissues. Um, uh, dealing with old injuries and pain. If people are in pain, it triggers the adrenal glands. So get your pain dealt with. I'm not talking about numbing it necessarily with pharmaceutical drugs, or there is a place for that, particularly if you can't concentrate or you're, you just can't function until that can buy you some time to go get the root cause of the pain dealt with. But, you know, get your pain dealt with. I mean, I, rec I mean I'm an acupuncturist as well as a chiropractor, and um, I feel that dealing with pain is, is very, there's very practical ways to do it, nutritionally, physically, et cetera. Fourth one is called BURST, which stands for burst exercise and also walking. And uh, walking, uh, what I found is that the most women I treat who are over the age of 45 or 50, they don't do any high-speed interval training anymore. They just stop. And that's a hormonal requirement. It's a requirement for optimal health. And they also don't walk as much anymore. Uh, so if people can learn how to safely do high-intensity interval training uh, and walk more, and it doesn't have to be complex. It can be simply getting the simp the best way to walk more is to get a pedometer. All you need to do is strap on a pedometer and automatically it becomes a game and people walk more for uh, high intensity interval training that requires a bit more training. That may be a separate podcast. Um, but there's lots out there. I have some videos on my website on it. Um, and I don't recommend jogging. Um, there's a reason why marathon runners look like cancer patients and that's <laughs> no seriously, that's because, Yep. They're wearing out their adrenal glands. They're having cortisol run through their whole body all the time, and it's eroding all their muscles equally except their thighs, which are the only ones getting exercise. The fifth point of wellness is called biotoxins, and that's everything that's toxic to you. Uh, heavy metals, um, allergens. There's, there's 10 major categories of toxins. I'd say um, one of the best things for people to do, which ties into point number six, which is bionutrients, which are the 10 major things people need to eat every day, everything from vitamins, minerals, to sunlight and oxygen, is to go to the farmer's market and to prioritize it and to drag friend, five friends with you. 
if you go to the farmer's market, you're going to build community, you're going to increase awareness, you're going to get better quality, fresher food that's more nutrient dense. Even if you go to organic food stores, most of that food has traveled several hundreds or several thousands of miles and was picked unripe. So if you go to the farmer's market, you're going to get fresher, more nutrient dense food because most of the nutrition comes into the last couple of days of, of ripening. So go to the farmer's market and you'll handle a good chunk of the bionutrients and biotoxin category. Seven is breakfast. That's the major one that I really would like to emphasize is that breakfast was the single most common thing that I found with my patients that was the simple, single easiest thing to change. So that was my first ebook that I wrote was on breakfast. And it's the, the amount of it, the, the people who had chronic diseases, they usually had four bad breakfasts. They either skipped it entirely, had just coffee, sugar, or processed grains or some combination. And that's all they had for a long time. And it wears out the adrenal glands. Now, I'm very much aware of that there's certain movements on how coffee is now good for you if you do it the right way. I'm not averse to that. I actually talk about that in my ebook, um, and that's available for free for your listeners. Um, and uh, it's called Ending Adrenal Fatigue, the Easy Breakfast Guide. So if you, they want something easy and practical to do right away, they can get that ebook, which comes with a, a breakfast checklist of what to buy, a seven-point summary, and the ebook itself is 75 slides long. It's not pages, it's slides. So it's a very quick read. And the, the, the spoiler is that to eat three mouthfuls of something protein and fat uh, within 30 minutes of, of waking to shut down the cortisol stress response. Your cortisol levels, your, your adrenal glands naturally spit out cortisol at night because you're not eating at night and your brain needs fuel to, to live even while you're sleeping. So the brain taps on the adrenal glands to tell the liver to make sugar and using the hormone cortisol. The, the adrenal gland tells the, communicates to the liver to, we need sugar. But if you wake up and you don't eat, or all you have is coffee, which spikes your adrenal glands, or all you have is sugar, which totally wigs out your adrenal glands, or you have processed sugars, which uh, also wig out your adrenal glands, uh, similar ways that, sh uh, that sugar does, just straight sugar does, um, you're going to end up totally taxing your adrenal glands. And this is where people feel tired at 10 and then exhausted again at two, and then they need more coffee and more stimulants or sugar or whatever to stay awake. So if people have a breakfast of protein, fat, and vegetables, they're going to feel miles better. The last, uh, the last three points of wellness uh, is uh, number eight is bothers, and that's just all forms of stress, emotional stress, financial stress, relationship stress, marital stress, social stress, cultural stress, religious stress, uh, uh, clutter, uh, all forms of stress, and learning ways to manage that. I'm a big fan of the work of Byron Katie. Uh, uh, it's, I think that's a wonderful process for people to learn the work of Byron Katie, uh, huge fan of it. Um, the ninth one is called bugs and bugs is your gut flora dealing with, uh, everything in your life. That's microscopic. You're the beneficial bacteria in your gut to, do you have mold in your house or do you have a undetected parasite or an unresolved infection? And the 10th one is bedtime, which stands for sleep. So if your sleep is off, everything is off. 
And one thing I will absolutely ask all your listeners to do right now is do not sleep with your cell phone on next to you. Turn it to airplane mode if you must, if you use it as your alarm clock. But please turn your cell phone off and remove as many electronics out of the bedroom as possible. Electrosmog is real. It is very real and it hurts people. And the cell phone is basically nuking your brain at night if it's next to you. So please at least turn it to um, airplane mode. So those are the 10 points of wellness, brain, bowel, body, burst, biotoxins, bionutrients, breakfast, bothers, bugs, and bedtime. And that's the framework that, um, that's the framework that I walk my patients through and it's learnable, it's practical, uh, it's, it's, it's a Western model. It's not like I'm an acupuncturist. I studied, you know, five elements or five phases, you know, you know, earth, all that. And that's a wonderful model, but that's a different set of metaphors from a different culture and a different language and a different set of herbs and nutrients and everything society from the West and not taking away from the beauty of that system, but it's not Western in the sense it's not an easy translation for Westerners to understand, but these points of wellness are. So, so yeah, any, you a, well, you did a great um, job of explaining all of them. And I wanted to underscore that point that you had emphasized was breakfast and reforming your breakfast, having protein, fat, and vegetables being the key component of your breakfast to really uh, make the biggest impact in your adrenal uh, fatigue. So, and breakfast has been covered by um, some of our other uh, episodes. So I wanted to challenge you actually, you know, sure. if someone has already gotten their breakfast um, uh, under control, right? They, they, they wake up, they eat breakfast within 30 minutes and, you know, mm -hmm. it's the, um, the perfect ratio of, of different macronutrients, what's the next thing that you would suggest that they do to make the biggest impact? Sleep, stress, and exercise in that order. Uh, it, absolutely. Uh, well, you can flip-flop stress and exercise because stress is so variable and so acute and sometimes not controllable in some people's lives initially that the things you can control, the things you can control is breakfast for sure. <laughs> next, next, you can control your sleep environment. Mm -hmm. then you can control your exercise environment. Then you can, that will give you time to deal with the stress environment. And that's not to exclude the other six things, you know, biotoxins, bowel. Bowel you can actually also do really easily, but a lot of people won't notice the tremendous difference right away because there's so much buildup to use a appropriate <laughs> pun. Um, so that's what I would say. Yeah, sleep, exercise, and stress in that order. Perfect. Well, so you've shared a lot of great information, and I know you've. <laughs> if we had more time, you would, you know, talk our ears off because I know you've got tons of more information. So, if someone is interested in working with you or finding out more information, what have you got going on, and how can they get a hold of you? Sure. There's the main. There's there's the main website is tenpointwellness.com. At whether you spell it one zero. P-O-I-N-T, wellness, 10pointwellness.com. We're spelling it out, T-E-N as in 10, 10pointwellness.com. Uh, that's where you can find me. That's where you can opt in to get my free ebook on ending adrenal fatigue, the easy breakfast guide. That's where you can get, um, take this, if you want, you know, your listeners can are invited to have a free session with me, uh, an adrenal fatigue breakthrough session, and they can get that by filling out the um, adrenal fatigue breakthrough survey. Uh, and to apply for a session with me for free. 
And they can also find uh, some of the other projects I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm also a former video game addict, um, and I'm working with uh, people to end their problem gaming. And that, that I wrote another free ebook called Seven Ways to Game Less, which is also available on that website, um, or I've got a separate website called gamelesslivemore.com. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for coming on and sharing your knowledge. And um, I look forward to keeping in touch with you in the future. Okay. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the show. All the links and resources mentioned today are in the show notes at dranne.com, spelled A-N-H as in healthy. And while you're there, remember to hop on the Food as Medicine VIP email list, and you'll get my free gift. It's the Clean Eating Rules. And it's everything that I learned about nutrition when I was on my bodybuilding journey, which happens to be contrary to many of the things I learned in school. And it's really my number one guide from my experience for how to eat to lose weight, improve your biometrics, and get more energy. You'll also get all my favorite pearls from the show. And this show can be a bit technical at times with lots of details about what foods to eat, what foods to avoid, as well as what supplements to take and in what dosages, etc. So if you're anything like me, you're probably listening to this while driving, cooking, running some errands around the house, walking the dog, etc. And you really aren't in a position to be jotting down notes of all the great information that's shared by the guest. So I've taken all the notes for you. And by hopping on my email list, you'll get all the show pearls delivered right to your inbox so you can refer back to them at any time. Finally, as a VIP email subscriber, you'll get the occasional love letters from me, which are emails sharing some of my favorite recipes and products, upcoming events, new information that I've learned, and just other goodies. So go to dranne.com now and enter your name and email address. Did you like the episode? Then remember to leave us a review. Did you like this episode? Then remember to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and leave us a review. This will really help us with the iTunes rankings and help more people find the show. Remember to tell all your friends because we need more people to hear the food as medicine message. We've got plenty of great guests coming up, so stay tuned. Thanks so much for stopping by and until next time, remember to eat consciously because the world needs a healthy and vibrant you. Mm -hmm.